This is the Southern Hills Church of God, and this is our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today. We hope this inspires you and guides you and builds your faith. God bless and enjoy this message. I want to speak to you from the word of the Lord. And church, I believe I have a word from the Lord today. When pastor asked me to, to speak a couple of weeks ago, um, they asked me to speak. I remember, I remember how I was sitting there at Thursday evening and the Spirit of the Lord told me what to speak on. Before I was finished with that message, I believe the Lord gave me another message. And I want you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. I have a lot to say, but I'm going to make sure I just touch the, touch the highlights today so we could get the essence of the message. <clears throat> I'm delighted to see us. For those who made it this morning, please know. It's not an accident you're here today. You're here today because this word is crucial. Matthew chapter 4, verses 18 to 22. And Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. He saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. If you, were, if you grew up in the time when I grew up and what I read, it says uh, back in the Old Testament, in, 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 in my King James Version, it says, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. <laughs> Hey, brother Moore, is that, is that what, is that, that's, how, that's how we know it? Well, you know, I, I keep talking like I'm, like I'm, like I'm 70 or 60. Or, but, 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 that's, but that's how I learned it. And it's hard to get out of your mind what you memorize. So though I'm reading NIV most times, I'm reading the NIV and all I'm seeing is the King James because that's what's in my mind. <laughs> but he said, come follow me. And I will send you out to fish. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going out from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in the boat with their father, Zebedee, their father, Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left their boat and, they, and their father, that's important. They left their boat and they left their father and followed him. Our passage today describes how Jesus saw Peter and Andrew and John and James with their boats and their nets and their relatives. And he said to them, follow me. And they got up, left everything and followed him. That's radical. That's radical. Now, you may have read this a couple of times and said, you know what? Actually, they, they went home and they made preparation. The Greek that is used there, it says exactly what it says. It says they did it immediately. It wasn't tomorrow. It wasn't the following day. Daddy was in the boat and the boys got out of the boat. Bye, Daddy. 
Does that make any sense to you? It doesn't make any sense. That's why it's Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word today. Your word is quick, it's powerful, it's sharp. There's nothing that Asif needs to do with your word for your word to be efficacious. Your word is potent. So today, Father, as we try to understand what you're saying to us, may you convict me, may you convict or, or, uh, or the congregation, may you convict those at home, Lord, that we will do exactly what you are asking us to do. My topic for today is follow me with an explanation sign, exclamation sign. Very simple message. You know, working at Hobby Lobby, one of the things I've learned, you know, over the <laughs> many years I've been working with Hobby Lobby, it's one, there's one line that David Green will use every now and then. And if you walk through our, our warehouse, you will see that line there. And the line is, keep it simple. Now, we have over 900 stores. Okay? I don't know how you keep it simple. But the truth is, we live out that philosophy. We try not to complicate stuff. Just keep it simple. Count what you have. You don't need a machinery to count it for you. Keep it simple. Today, I want to keep it simple. Jesus said, follow me. <clears throat> when Jesus says, follow me. Now, those who are watching online won't hear this. I want you to quickly shout for me, Lauren. What do you hear when Jesus says, follow me? Just quickly, as, as loud as you can. Courage. Good. Thank you. Brother Moore, you're back in the back. Well, older Moore. When Jesus says, follow me, tell me exactly what you hear. Willing. Thank you. Very good. Tony, Jesus says, follow me. Tell me what you hear. Love. Thank you. Victor, back in the back. Jesus says, follow me. What, what do you hear? Peace. Okay. All right. Very good. All we're saying is that we've read the scripture enough to see what Jesus did. And Jesus is saying, I'm walking. Just do whatever you see me do. What did I do? I just, I showed love. I'm peaceful. That's exactly. So, you know what? I could finish my message right now. That, that would be my message. But because I know you want to stay longer. Let me get a little bit deeper. And I'm going to jump over whatever I need to jump over so that you leave here by, at 12.15, okay? If you're thinking I will go long. I will. Last week I finished at 12.14. I'm going to finish at 12.15 because I believe in respecting your time. Like our pastor does. And you've seen that in, in how he runs his stuff. <clears throat> so, what does it mean when Jesus gives this command to follow me? And you may say, you know what, Asif? I saw that just once. It's just in this passage. Let me hasten to say... It, it was a consistent theme in the scriptures. Where do I see that? Okay, look. 
in the passage we read, he told these brothers, follow me. In Matthew chapter 8, when some of the men were about, were asking, were asking about, about being his disciples, he gave them that command. He said, follow me. Look in Matthew chapter 9. He finds Matthew, the tax collector. And he told him, follow me. Matthew chapter 10. Jesus was speaking about the meaning of being a disciple. And he says, and he who does not take up his cross and follow after me is not worthy of me. And I could share more. Matthew chapter 19, we see it. And at the end of the book of John, we see it again. And he consistently says, follow me. Over and over, he says, follow me. So today, I want to take the time to, to help us understand what follow me means. But what does follow me means? You are asking, what does follow me means? But then again, I have some kids at home. They're going to want to know what it doesn't mean. <laughs> because they want to know what they can do and what they can't do. So let me first hasten to tell you what it does not mean. Follow me or following Jesus does not mean just going to church. When I was in Jamaica, I visited the Mormon, no, is it Mormon? No. The Latter-day Saints. Which one is that again? The Church of Jesus of Latter-day Saints. Well, I don't remember. But that, I visited them. And because I wanted to know what the people around me were, what they were thinking about, how they were relating with people. I want to know, if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm saying that you believe something different from me, I need to know what you believe. Because I'm not going to contradict you unless I know what you believe. So I visit the other church. And one of the things I learned was that they would send missionaries to the Christian church. And they'll stay there like missionaries stay there because their goal is to win you out of your church believing in Jesus so you could come over to their church. So they'll stay there. They'll sing on the choirs. They're not saved, but they'll sing on the choir. They'll do all those things. I'm not kidding you guys. That's what they told me. So following Jesus does not mean just going to church. Many people foolishly say, yes, I follow Jesus, I go to church. I just checked the box. I went to church this week. I went to church last week. I went to mass or whatever I did. But just going to church is not following Jesus. Going to church should be part of following Jesus. But there is much more to it than that. You can go to church and not be a follower of Christ at all. You, go, you can go to church and possess by a, be possessed by a demon. It's not my words. Let me take you to the scriptures. Mark chapter 1, the Bible says that Jesus went into the synagogue to preach. And in verse 23, it says that there was a man in the synagogue with a demon who cried out to Jesus. Don't take solace in that you show up every week. I want you to show up every week because the Bible says not to forsake the assembling of the brethren. But, but being a follower of Jesus, it doesn't show up here. It show up outside of here. And I want to say this. I'm not saying this because I have it perfect. I'm saying this because this is the journey I'm on. And it is my desire that everybody who claims to be a follower of Jesus stay on this path. 
That's why it's going to be important that we make up our mind to praise him, come what may. You think it's difficult now? I think I said this the last couple of times I preach. It could be worse. And it may get worse. In the stock market, Joe, one of the things they say in the stock market is, let's shake off the weak hands. It means that because the stock market is so volatile, what happens, it goes up and down. And when it goes down, people get scared and they, they sell and jump out. Okay? Isn't that what happens, Joe? And he says, all they're doing is shaking off the weak hands so they could get what you have. That's what the devil does. Your apple tree. My father picks apples sometimes. And all he does sometimes is, is shake the trees. Because if they're ripe enough, they'll fall off. Are you actually really rooted? Are you actually synced properly that if the next season shakes real hard, will you still last or will you fall away? I'm not saying anything that Jesus doesn't say. He said that in, I said it last week and I'm saying it again. In the last days, he said that there'll be people who will drop away from following Jesus. You think it's going to people going to drop away because things are nice and easy? No, because it's get too difficult to serve Jesus. So, so following Jesus has nothing to do with just it's it does not mean going to church. <laughs> hey, here one that here's one that may rub you the wrong way. Following Jesus does not mean believing in who he is. You believe. What difference does that make? Every now and then when Matt is teaching, Matt says something like this. And my, my, my description of what he says, Matt says that we need to be like cows. Do you know how a cow gets all the nutrient out of a food, piece of food? The, the cow chews on the grass. and <laughs> they, know, they, they know what they need out of the grass. Do you know what a cow, how a cow gets something out of a grass? Out of grass when they eat it? Josh, you're here. You know, don't you? What Josh is saying is that the cow eats it. And then when the cow is relaxing, the cow goes and lay down and brings it back up. And then the cow eats it again. Oh, you built you. But that's what it requires for us because that's the only way we're going to get the nutrient out of the scriptures. It's not just knowing it. It's absorbing it. Absorbing it. Crazy, but it's true. All I'm, guys, I'm saying I'm keeping it simple. It's simple. Isn't that simple? You understand that, don't you? See, it's not just about believing in who he is. James 2 verse 19 to 20 tells us, you believe that God God is one. You do well. The demons also believe and shudder. You know the demons believe Jesus? They do. <laughs> they know his authority. Let me jump along. Anybody doesn't have a Facebook profile? Now this one is good. 
Believing Jesus has nothing to do with liking Jesus. Every now and then when I visit Facebook, I'll go down and I see somebody has 20 likes, 30 likes, because you like what somebody said. There are some people who show up to church and they like the word. The word gives them goosebumps. Oh, that is powerful. I feel the spirit. What does that do? Does it do anything? Following Jesus has nothing to do with just liking Jesus. I like his word. I highlighted something this morning on the Bible app. I like this one. But what does that do? Does that do anything? It does nothing at all. Following Jesus has nothing to do with just liking Jesus. Oh, that's a nice word, pastor. Woo! So? So? Did you act like a cow with it? Nope. Did I? Don't take an offense. I'm not calling anybody cow. We have to have disclaimers in these days, okay? So that's my disclaimer. <laughs> so what does following Jesus mean? I just told you what I don't think it means. What does it mean? See, for those first disciples, following Jesus meant literally, physically leaving there where they were to follow Jesus wherever he went. You heard that? Peter and Andrew, James and John, they all did it. Verse 20 says, Peter and Andrew immediately left their nets and followed him. Hey, Joe, can you imagine? You go off to work. You go to work and Autumn is expecting Joe to come back, come back home with some bacon or maybe some dough or money, whatever it is. Okay? And Autumn is looking for Joe and Joe is somewhere, somewhere preaching. <laughs> Can you imagine what chaos that would be? Huh? Can you imagine? Let me tell you why this is important. He says, said all of these men literally left what they were doing. They left things behind. They started following after Jesus. They left their jobs. They left their nets. They left their families. They left their priorities. They left their plans. And you may be saying, as if that sounds very cruel. But it's not. Because Jesus tells us if we can fix his business in order, he'll, hand, he'll take care of our business. I'm not telling you anything that is not true. I could call people up. I could call, I, I could call, I could, I could call up many individuals to come and testify for those who have blazed the trail for us. And I'm pointing to Brother Moore. And I'm pointing to, uh, to various individuals in here who have, who have sacrificed. They know what it's like. Because that's what the scripture calls for. Hey, sacrifice is not a word that we use a whole lot in our day. We don't use sacrifice because do you want pain? Do you want, do you want to tell yourself No. You can't even tell your kids no. Are you going to tell yourself no? No, when I say you, I mean me too. Please, include me in this. Because Avian tells me that Amari has me wrapped around his finger. So look at the Greek word here. There are two Greek words that that text should be noted. The first, which one, which, which translate immediately in our text, it's Euthos. 
the disciple heard Jesus' request and, they, and it produced an immediate action. Now, Pastor Chris said this a, a few couple of weeks. I don't know if he said it like this, but, but what I understood from what he was saying was, delay obedience is actually disobedience. You know that? <laughs> I was going to share it later. My wife, when I told her what I was preaching about, we sat there at the dinner table, we were talking sometime this week, and, and she said, she said, that's the same passage the Lord gave her when she was supposed to come to Tulsa to study. My wife was preparing to be a lawyer. Now, do you know what it's like to, living, to be living with somebody who wanted to be a lawyer? Man, sometimes I just give up. Babe, you won. You won. You won. And she keeps pressing. I said, you won. Okay, you won. Well, not in a bad way. I mean, it's, it's, it's fun. We make fun of it. And she remembers sitting at the computer, and she, and, she, and she was planning. I mean, she was about to do her, I think it's a bar or whatever it is. That's not my field. She was about to do all those things. And the Spirit of the Lord said, I want you to go to ORU. I want you to go to ORU. She sat there, and she tried to bargain with God. God, let me just finish up my law degree first. Okay, let me just finish up that, and then I'll do what you want me to do. This is not where I'm at in my message right now. But I'm taking out what's crucial. What is it that the Lord told you to do that you still have not been doing because you think that your priority is more important than God's priority? Have you been called to preach but you think that you won't make enough money in preaching? Have you been called to be an evangelist, to be a missionary? Have you been called to be a doctor, electrician, electrician? What have you been called to do that you think that because it's not produce, it won't produce the comforts you want? Don't do it. Hey, I have a quote somewhere. I need to find it. I have a quote somewhere. I'll find it. But, but let, me, let me go in my head and try to remember. Hey, you may be seeing success in an area that you're in. But that success could be failure if it's not what God wants you to be doing. Nice house, nice car, the luxuries. But you're miserable. Because you know when Jesus said, follow me, and he spoke to you, that's not what you're doing today. So what am I saying? My wife, if she was here, I would have her testify. My wife decided to follow Jesus, even though it wasn't the ideal. She didn't want anything to do with any counseling or church stuff and all those kind of things. She wanted to be a lawyer. She wanted to get, to, to get rid of people and put people away. She came to ORU. 2005. We got married 2009. Oh, sorry, 2008. I, I hope she's not watching. 2008, and look at what has happened. Now, the, the path we were going down, it didn't make sense. As a matter of fact, her parents were probably disappointed at the time because, they, because going into ministry or going into Christian counseling, I mean, those things, doesn't, it doesn't reap a lot of money. I mean, and when you have invested in your kids, you want them to do something that you feel like they're going to get rich of it or they're going to be able to take care of their family. And besides, 
she goes to ORU. Who is going to, who is she going to marry? Some pastor who's not who won't be earning any money either. So what's going to happen? So what am I saying, guys? What am I saying? Following Jesus has nothing to do with your comfort. It's a hard word, but it's true. Do you want to experience peace? Just follow him. I could share from my life, but I'd rather not fill the message with stories from my life. <clears throat> so following Jesus means making an immediate move. Let me say one more thing. Another, another word, it says, there's another verb here that is translated followed. When it says he followed. In our text, it's derived from a word that denotes an action being committed to imitating the one that they're following. So, I can only use examples from my own kid's life, okay? Amari, let's go to the bathroom. It's time to give you a bath. I get in the bathroom. Where is Amari? Where is Amari? Amari is in the TV room watching Umizumi. I'm, I'm trying to keep it simple. We could be following, but we're really not following Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? We don't go at our pace when we're following Jesus. We don't stop whenever we want to stop. It sounds, it may sound like it's controlling, but this is what it takes to live this is what it requires. Does that make any sense? Is it, I mean, you think I need to just squash it and start another, another message or this makes sense? It makes a whole lot of sense, huh? Okay, good. I'm doing good on time. So, <laughs> following Jesus also means that we're going to do some things differently than what we've done in the past. Now we are in a different situation today than what the disciples were in. Jesus was literally and physically there for them to follow him. So they, were, they knew what to do. We're not in that same kind of situation, but spiritually we're required to follow him just the same way they did. So we can't get to the point of losing the significance in translation because he's not here. Following Jesus still means leaving some things behind to follow him in a brand new life. It means you leave behind your plans. When I was growing up, you know what I wanted to be? I wanted to be a businessman. Wanted to be a businessman because I figured that, or I wanted to be an accountant. I heard that those were the ones, you know, good. I actually love figures. So I've always loved figures. And I think, hey, I'm going to be a businessman. And the Lord said to me, I want you to preach. I ran from it. I'm not kidding you. And I'm not joking. I used to be a praise and worship leader. And when I would be on here, praise and worship, and the first time something really happened, I, I was finished with praise and worship. And then I went down after service, and a young lady, Karen, young lady, she came up to and she said, as if she and a, another friend, Deidre, I think at the time, and they came and they said, as if, if I had the money, I would send you to Bible school. I'm not kidding you guys. I held my tummy and I laughed. And I rolled on the ground. I laughed like crazy. 
And God said, okay, all right. Guys, guys, I want you to hear this, and I'm not kidding you. It's the truth, okay? I know you know it's the truth. But every major service I went to after that, the pastor called me out. I remember I was in one service. I, I left work and I came home from work and there was a Sunday school uh, a seminar. There was two seminars, one in another, another city and then there's a Sunday school seminar. So I said, this was closer to work. So I left work. And when I left work, I went. I was wearing a white long sleeve shirt, okay? And I was wearing a khaki pants. I went to the service and because I know the track record, I went and I found a column at the back and I stood behind it where he couldn't see me and they were worshiping. They were worshiping, and I, I knew what would happen. So you know what? I started hiding. I'm not kidding you. I'm, I'm not kidding you. I was hiding, and I stood there, and worship, praise and worship leader was there. And the person, praise and worship leader, finished. And then the, the minister was a woman. A minister, she came up. And when she came up, I was standing there, and I was, my eyes closed, and there was a subtle silence. It's like, it's like a, 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 a gripping silence. And she said, you in the back. And I closed my eyes tighter. And she said, you in the black. You in the white shirt with your hand raised. And I closed my hands, closed my eyes. And I peeked around and I saw that she was pointing. That's the day I gave up. I could stop the message right now. Do you need to give up? When I was preparing this lesson, I heard the Lord saying, there are people who I have called to follow me in certain disciplines. People I have called to go into certain fields, but they have reasoned it away because they don't think it makes sense. There are some things we're going to have to left be leave behind. Fishing was the livelihood of these guys. It was the livelihood. As a matter of fact, you want to know if they left it? They left it because when Jesus was, Jesus was, uh, was hanging on the cross, he said that some of them ran back to fishing. It means that they had left it. So you may have to leave something. God will take care of his people. He'll take care of you. I left Jamaica. I came to the United States of America. I didn't have any money to go through school. I was de-enrolled my first semester. De-enrolled mean that they kick you out. That's what happened. I graduated from ORU. Debt free. Three degrees. And I didn't have any money. God will take care of you if you decide to follow him. Now, I'm not saying I followed him perfectly. I, I don't want to paint that picture, okay? I've taken some winding roads. where I've gotten off course sometimes. But I ultimately got, got back on. But what is he telling you to follow him with? And you look at it, insurmountable task. $80,000. Are you going to get $80,000 to cover your, your, your tuition expenses? That's not your business. That's not your business. How are you going to see God's miracle if you've never put his word to test? I don't know. 
And so I'll tell my wife, my money is not my concern. If God said it, he'll cover it. I don't make silly decisions. But I'm not going to reason God away. Well, I make silly decisions sometimes. All right, so let me, let me jump along. Okay, very good. All right, so following Jesus means a few other things too. It means that, it means that we're going to leave some things behind. It means that we're going to have to drop some of the things that we had planned to do. It means that you're going to have to leave some sins behind. Because the thing is, some of us have gotten saved, but we are brought over the old, old man tradition. And some of the things that have held us captive, we've brought it over. God is saying, let it go. Let it go. What's your addiction? I, I teach guys who have been addicted. My wife teaches ladies and guys who have been addicted. It's no, it's no easy thing. Addiction is not easy. But if I want to follow Jesus, I'm going to have to give it to him as well. I could list out the addictions that are in the church. And you know how I know that? I worked with tons of people around the world. I worked, I've, I've worked with many people. And, and, and a lot who show up in church I think that you think have it right don't necessarily have it all together. But they hide it. God is saying, we have to let those go if we want to grow. Remember, there are people who could be in church, but are not following Jesus. So wait, wait. Following Jesus means spending time with him. And I'm just going to just touch on this and move. Matthew, Mark chapter 3 verse 14 is one of my most favorite verses in the Bible. Hear what it says. It says that Jesus called his disciples so they may be with him. And then he can send them. You, you see what's happening there? If you're at home and you're studying this, you realize Jesus said something. He said, I want to be with you. Because if I'm not with you, if I'm not comes up again. If I'm not intimate with you, I can't send you. We want to follow him. But guess what? AJ wants to play soccer, okay? But practice is important. So we go to practice and he run around and he doesn't do what he's supposed to do and he just have fun and game day comes. He goes out there and embarrass himself. Now, I'm not saying that this is what happened. I'm just giving an example. You want to bypass the time of training and learning from Jesus. And then when big stage comes. Do you want to go on the big stage? That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. If you want to represent him, Mark chapter 3 verse 14 saying that you have to be with him. That's why he spent three and a half years with his disciples. So they could see his ways. They could learn his bad habits. They could learn, learn the way he does things, how he responds. They could, somebody said peace. Huh? Somebody said peace earlier. When they say follow Jesus, somebody said love. Ah, what happens? You, so you see how he loves. You see how he shows peace. All of that is important if we're going to follow him. 
Let me jump along to what he's asking us to do. He says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. I will send you out to fish. As you follow Jesus, your life is all about him. I don't know how else to say it. And there's a reason pastor has been preaching on what he's been preaching on for a while. And I'm sure that if he tries to get off it, he still can't get off it. Because this is the message that we as a church have to hear. My wife told me that she had a dream. And the, in the dream, she saw this church was filled to the brim, overflowing. And when she said that, I felt excited. But then I felt like we weren't ready. You understand where I'm going? We want a harvest, but are we actually ready for that harvest? Would you put a car, put your, would you put your 15 or 13 year old, let me see, Lauren, would you put your little boy, Christian, around the vehicle, give him a, give him a, give him a, give him the car keys or, or, or the, the, the fob and said, Christian, go drive. Yeah. Why not? Because he's not ready. Huh? But think about that with us. God is saying, hey, get yourself aligned so when I bring the harvest, you'll be able to handle the harvest or else they'll come in and they'll go back out. All these seeds have names on them. Every one of them have names on them. You think God doesn't know that? Maybe he's just waiting on us. Maybe he's just waiting on us. He's, maybe he's just waiting on Asif. If that's the case, hey, I'm looking for that harvest. Now, when my wife dreams, she's on point. I hope it's next week. I hope it's a week after. I hope it's not 10 years from now. Following Jesus. As you follow Jesus, your life is all about him. He is the center of our life and everything. He called them to be fishermen, and he says you'll be fishers of men. The common image of fishermen in our days is, you know, with fishermen, like we do, we'll be having some fishing thing here in a couple of weeks. We'll go and we have our hook on our line and we cast it out. The imagery of the fishermen that they have, and in closing, the image of the fishermen back then was this. They would normally fish with nets. And so what happens, because they fish with nets, the strategy is this, is that they would, they would go out when it's dark. Now, that may not make any sense, okay? They go out, hey, Paul, you're a fisher. You verify, ver fisherman, you could verify if this is correct. I mean, you don't do deep sea fishing, but you're a fisherman. And they would go, and they'll take the nets, and they'll go out because of the way they catch their fish, Okay? They would use the light. They would use their light. And they have these lights they put on the water. And it beams under there. So it, show, it helps to provide light for them other fishermen. But it also provides lights under there. When the fish sees the light, they're attracted to the light. When I read this, I went and I looked at it. I'm no fisherman. But I realized that Jesus is smarter than we are. 
Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Why did he say that? He's saying that because we will become so attractive that people want to gravitate to us and find out, Autumn, why are you so pleasant in the office? Huh? Katie, stressful cases every single week, but you have such an aura about you. What is it? Charissa, stressful job. But you serve with dignity. You serve with joy. Why? He says, because you are the light of the world. When the fish sees the light, it says that they gravitate to the light and they get in the net. And so that's how they get their catch. What if it's the same thing Jesus is telling us to do? When he says, come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. What if that's the same thing that he's telling us? Come follow me, I will make you fishers of men. You can't be fishers of men unless you are following him. Following him. If you are not fishers of men, that means you're not following him. Sounds correct, huh? So what is he calling us to do today? The invitation today is, maybe you have, you've been a follower of Jesus, but there's just some particular areas in your life that you are not following him in. He's telling you today, follow me. Maybe you say that you're a follower, but you have not been baptized. <laughs> Maybe you say that you're a follower. Do you know that the U.S. is a Christian country, like Jamaica, and we have crimes like crazy? Every person you see, almost every person, yeah, I'm a follower of Jesus. Maybe you think you're a follower of Jesus, but you don't spend any time with him every day or... Uh, uh, or maybe you're not becoming like him in areas in your life. Or perhaps in some ways you've been pretty a, a pretty good disciple, but you have gotten sidetracked along the way. You started off well, but then you got sidetracked. Or maybe you have just never really followed Jesus. You've never made him the Lord of your life. You can follow him right now. If you're willing to turn your sins over to him. Today Jesus is giving an invitation. He says follow me. I don't know where you're at. But as I make this final call today. You know, you evaluate your life. Right there in your seats or if you want to stand. As a matter of fact, just stand with me. Stand with me where you're at. In your own heart, if you feel like you need to, this word applies to you. A few years ago, I was in class teaching and Lauren came to me. And I won't call up because the time is up. Lauren came to me 
the first, first, I mean, first Wednesday night actually started coming to Wednesday night service, I believe, before she started coming on Sunday. Is that the case? And Lauren came to me after we're teaching. I think we're teaching something and we're talking about emphasizing the scriptures and reading the scriptures and, and digging deep in the scriptures. And Lauren decided to make that crazy move to go read the scriptures. Why did you do that? He said, because I told you to. Because God told you to. Yeah. So she went home and she read. And Lauren got to a part in the story that talked about forgiveness, if I remember well. And Lauren came back that Wednesday night and she said, as if I got stuck here. Do I have to do this? I said, Lauren, I don't remember what I said, but she may be to remember. But I, remember, I, remember I probably said something like, Today I just want to pray and close.